and welcome to Reflector Life, the podcast. I'm here to share stories, answer frequently asked questions about being a reflector in the human design system and about human design in general, as well as to talk about what's going on right now. And occasionally, we'll have a guest on to share as well. Thanks so much for being here. I'm your host, Amanda Prichelle, and this is a sliver of the experience of being human. Amplified. Hey everyone, and welcome back. Today, I have my first guest on the podcast. We are going to be talking to Heretic, not his real name, but he is at Human Design Heretic on Instagram. So just to keep the mystery alive, we're going to call him that today, just for fun. So Heretic. Hey, how's it going? Hey, tell us about your design. Yeah. Uh, I am a 5-1 single definition emotional manifester. I am on the left angle cross of confrontation 2. I'm sounds low. Sounds low. Okay, I'll try not to yell too loudly then. Yeah, let's keep it sounds lowy. <laughs> uh, I do like natural shores. And uh, I would say my favorite gate, if I had to pick one, is gate 57. Gate 57. I... Like I- why, why do you like A57 so much? It uh, it feels good. Like, I can kind <laughs> of get the sense of when uh, it's... Even though, like, mine is unconscious, like, it, I feel like I get my best information from Gate 57. Interesting. Cool. So, you have Gate 57. I do. You I have do. it going up to the 10. All right. Good to know. And you have an emotional wave. Can you tell us a little, a little about that yeah it's absolute garbage i don't recommend (laughs) signing up for the emotional wave like if you're about to uh incarnate and you know sign away your soul contract (laughs) sign up for one without the emotional wave if you can (laughs) Um, as a non-emotional i think the emotional system is beautiful and i love it i love it it's kind of sexy it's where like art comes from it's where music and literature and everything fun about existing comes from but yeah. uh it's also a trip in the sense that like most of the time you think something is happening to you but it's happening through you and it's happening from your solar plexus mm-hmm. and you have the forty thirty seven. i do have forty thirty seven. yeah um kind of tribally uh it is a ratchet wave so more often than not, by the time it ratchets and, like, builds up, uh, by the time it explodes, it's at the most inopportune and, like, in un- like not appropriate timing. Um, yeah. And for all you kids out there, a ratchet is a tool. You can Google it if you don't know what that is. Kids don't know what tools are anymore? I don't know. I don't know children. Oh, yeah. I don't know too many children either. But the next child I see, I'm going to be like, hey, do you know what a ratchet is? And they will run promptly in the opposite direction. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, thanks for telling us a little bit about your design so we kind of, you know, know who we're talking to. Um, I'm curious how you found out about human design and, and, like, you know, why you liked it. Because sometimes manifestors are like, get that get that away from me like I'm not I'm so not interested and then some some manifestors that I know are like yeah that's true like moving on now and then some manifestors you know 
get super into it and they're like this explains everything so yeah curious what that was like for you yeah um so i first found out about human design a number of years ago from a fellow 5-1 reflector who um just sort of like took my birthday and birth time and birthplace and crunched it and she was like hey by the way do you know that you're really angry and i was like i'm not angry i get sad i don't get mad and pretty much for my entire life i would pride myself upon that fact because i knew some very 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 angry people in my um immediate family and i would do my best to not emulate their anger or be similar to them in any way and i always thought like you know it's so much cooler to be sad than it is to be angry like no one wants to be around an angry person so um i thought that i was awesome because i would never get angry all through school all through my childhood i would maybe get extra depressed but i would never like expel anger onto some unsuspecting person which actually started to happen only after i got into human design by the way <laughs> yeah you get into human design and then it's like well <laughs> things start like unleashing right um yeah, yeah yeah that's really interesting and i think something that i've seen and heard of from a lot of manifestors basically like it's almost like everyone's conditioning is just like not everyone, but a lot of people's conditioning, a lot of people who end up finding human design, their particular childhood conditioning, like, specifically goes against, like, who they're supposed to be. And I think with a manifester, there's a desire on the part of either, you know, the parents or caregivers or teachers or just society at large to, like, control the manifester child. And so the manifester needs to, like, find ways of coping in that world and, and find ways to exist where, like, you know, they have all their needs met. And so I think that shoving anger down um, is not uncommon. Like, would you say that that's true? Yeah, 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 100%. Um, funny story, like when I was younger, uh, I sort of loved going to the park and it must have been like four or three. And one day I just opened the door of the home and I walked across the street to the park and I went to the playground and uh, like maybe half an hour or an hour later, I had my caregiver coming to me in tears, literally crying, not knowing where I was or what I was doing because I did not mm -hmm. inform that I was going to the park, but I wanted to go to the park and I knew that I could go to the park. So I went to the park. Wait, how old were you? Four, max, Four. <laughs> maybe three. <laughs> So four-year-old little you opens the door, like has an urge and is going to do it. And maybe you've been thinking about this for a while because you're emotional, right? Always. You're, I love the part. So you're like, you've been, you've, you know, like it's built up like, and it's just like time and your body knows and your body's like, we're going to follow this urge. We're going to the park, but you didn't inform and your care, your, your babysitter. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Okay. Was like not okay right like she thought i had died and she thought she was gonna die because she had let me like disappear on yeah. her watch and she thought she'd be fired and you know oh prosecuted God. or who knows what i used to like babysit a nanny a lot and i actually like like one of the children that i was watching like rode off on a bicycle 
And like, I had no idea where they were. And I like, I actually was like, this is the end of my life. It's a nightmare. I've right? lost a child. Worst possible scenario. Yeah. In, in, in your case, you were found. And in my, like my situation, the child was found. Um, they, they basically, this child, like basically did this whole thing on purpose. Anyway, that, that's another story. Maybe she was also a manifester. Who knows? Um, anyway, I digress. So, um, I'm, you said it was like many years ago. So I think you've been living your design for a while, right? Yeah, it's not like I'm not proud of the fact, but yeah, I guess I'm on my seventh year. <laughs> sure, I guess I've deconditioned a bit, but interestingly, cellular transformation happening up in here. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's. I would like to think so, but it's hard for me to measure where I am and how yeah. far I've come. I, I do know for a fact, though, that it, it started with the profile for me. Like when I first found out about it um, from my friend, Heather, who was a 5-1 reflector, I really went into the fifth line and the first line and I was like, oh, wow, that is me. Mm -hmm. um, and going into it, like investigating and doing the research as a first line, I was able to do it on my own time because my reflector friend just informed me. She was like, hey, you're really angry. And I was like, what? No, shut the fuck up. And I was like, oh, I I maybe am angrier than I thought I was. Maybe I have been feeling a lot of resistance and that's what makes me angry. Maybe the alienation that has been happening my entire life has nothing to do with me and a lot more to do with the fact that my aura is closed and repelling. and." When I read the uh, manifesto, manifesto that um, Ra, it was like a bunch of raw lectures, but um, I read it as a PDF before I actually heard the lectures, and it kind of like struck a nerve, if if not like completely wrecked me on some level, because I was like, oh, this makes complete and total sense, and I went into the aura after I like researched and investigated the profile type which really resonated and um obviously like emotional authority is a big part of it and if you know you're 50 percent of the world who is emotional that is something you should deal with as soon as possible and understand because it never goes away and even if you think you understand it i like to think i understand it you know knowing my gates knowing my channels I'm almost seven years in, sometimes I'm in such a low, but I'm unable to recognize the fact that the low is like this pattern that continues to happen. And I often will attribute it to something external. And part of what emotional definition is, part of what the emotional solar plexus is about is blaming something external when what's happening is purely like chemical and internal yeah yeah my um my mom has the same wave as you which is interesting and i see the similarities there but i will say um and you think i'm like your mom <laughs> guys fun fact um i didn't mention this earlier but um we are actually in a relationship and we are living together so we're recording this on our living room floor just uh fyi there's um, another reflector here also yeah our cat <laughs> he uh he's finally uh 
he's finally chilling. He's he was wild earlier, so we didn't know how that was gonna go, but he's pretty chilled out right now. Um, so anyway, what I was gonna say was, um, it's interesting noting the differences between someone who is aware that they have a wave, an emotional wave, um, and someone who is not. And I think that what I will say from just observing externally, even like when you're in a high or you're in a low and it's like, it kind of feels like it's never going to end. Like I could mention something about it or you would just kind of realize like, oh, maybe I'm in a low and, and it doesn't make the, um, from my perspective, it doesn't make the depths of that low <laughs> better no, necessarily. It's still the end of the world. Yeah. It still feels like the end of the world, but like at least, you know, on some level in your mind, logically, you can understand that this does end. And it feels wanna... like it ends whenever I'm going to end. That's how the emotional wave feels. Yeah. It feels like this is only going to end whenever living ends. And it, <sighs> You know, it can it can be like that sort of intensity that you experience in one day. Like I would describe the emotional system as like you feel the entire emotional spectrum, like from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in a single half a day. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious, um, you know, how type plays a role in that. Do you think that um, that being a manifester contributes to, like, your experience of your emotional wave, like, versus, like, another type who has an emotional wave? I'm just, I'm curious if, like, how, I'm curious how you feel your type in your aura, you know, the way that you are as a manifester, like, plays into your own experience of your emotional wave? Well, like, ideally, manifestors should not, like, <laughs> they're, they're the one type that do not necessarily have to wait for, you know, a lunar cycle or wait to respond or wait for an invitation. But when you're dealing with your own emotional, like, system that is completely like chaotic and peaking and reaching all sorts of lows, you really have to gather all the information from the highs and the lows and then make a decision about whether you're even going to inform someone or initiate anything or just rest and not do shit. Yeah, get that peace. (laughs) Sometimes the peace comes from doing nothing. Yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes I get peace from breathing and uh, doing absolutely nothing. I, yeah, I want to know more about that just in case there's like another emotional person or another manifester listening to this. Um, If you have any advice for finding peace or just like how you do it, you know, without thinking of what any, what, you know, without thinking of it in terms of advice, like what ideally would you do for yourself like in an ideal world. Yeah, well, this <laughs> is not an ideal world. <laughs> uh, As things happen around us yeah. and through us, 
I find a lot of peace for me comes from, uh, I mean, I have gate 33 and I have like gate 40. So for me, I'm an only child also. A lot of peace that I have to take for myself comes from being alone and removing myself from the surroundings that are human beings and no offense to people, but I, I, I get the best peace when I take it for myself. And once I do that, I'm able to share the peace with others. And I have this space within me that other people appreciate more. And I have, a, you know, I've been a Kundalini yoga teacher since I was um, in college. And so a lot of the breath work and the pranayams or like specific mudras and kriyas, and there are many tools. There's all sorts of tools to find peace. And I have a couple under my belt and I have to use them regularly and multiple times a day, if not at least every day. Yeah. And I see the the before and after, you know. Oh, before. it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's a huge <laughs> difference. It's not quite that bad. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be around. But <laughs> well, sorry to tell you that. In but the worst possible scenario, yeah, you can you can find like an entire like light and day difference between a manifester who is at peace and a, like a manifester who is not. Even, <laughs> yeah, anger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. So just like taking that alone time plus the breath work for you is kind of, it sounds like that really. I'm into breath work. I'm into yoga. Like I, um, you know, rock has often talked about how a shortcut to peace is, um, cannabis. I find CBD and cannabis to be peace inducing. Mm -hmm. I find music, live music, vinyl, Spotify, depending on the artist, I find a lot of different forms of art to be peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of takes you to another place. Kind of, it's it's it sounds what I'm hearing when you say like the music and the cannabis and the breath work. I'm hearing like the shores, right? Yeah. So this is like an example, I think, of of how deep our designs go because it's like we can talk about being a manifester we can talk about being emotional and then also when you get into the variables you you know you get more and more information and in heretic's case um his environment is shores so natural shores so you know there's this feeling of being in between in an in-between space i love a good window (laughs) I love a good window. I'm mountains and I like a window that's up high so I can look down on everyone. <laughs> like literally, not figuratively. I even like a balcony. <laughs> I like um, anywhere I can observe one thing and shift my focus to observe something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And so, yeah, you kind of see how all of it comes together because, you know, being in your correct environment you experience more peace so that's yeah just one example of how deep all of this goes um so i want to talk briefly 
or maybe not so briefly, we'll see, about the relationship between manifestors and reflectors, because we've had a lot of really interesting conversations about this. And I want to just bring that up and put put that out there. Um, Because really, reflectors are here to be initiated. Now, I want to be clear, we don't need a manifestor. We don't need a manifestor to initiate us. We Well, manifestors don't need reflectors either. <laughs> yeah, I was getting there, but I'm slow. I'm slow, like the moon. So bear with me, please, if you want. <laughs> um, I, as a reflector, need to be initiated, whether that is through life. Like sometimes life just comes and carries me along and like, surprise, I am somewhere... I had no idea I was going to be, um, you know, sometimes I come to a decision like overweighting my lunar cycle or, you know, sometimes several lunar cycles, honestly. Um, and like, I'm kind of initiated through that process. Like in that sense, I initiate myself, but like, is it really me? I don't know. (laughs) Um, but something that I've found is, it's really also really nice to be initiated by a manifester because there's just so much ease that happens. Um, and like you said, heretic, um, there's this, you know, equally manifestors don't need reflectors. Like, and I, and I think that that's something that's really nice to me about manifestors and also other reflectors is that like we don't really need each other but like it feels good and we like want to be together and we want to like hang out just feels like very peaceful like I feel your peace and I feel peaceful and it just like feels pretty good all around manifestors like the surprise yeah Reflectors like the piece. <laughs> and in a way, you know, the worst part, or I shouldn't say worst, but the most challenging part about being a manifester is understanding our own impact. And when you're around a reflector who more often than not, if correct, they can see big picture and they can really dig into the dynamics of what is happening in the room, in the city, in the world, in the village, it almost helps a manifester to understand the impact they're having on their environment, on the people around them, whether good, whether bad, whether like even minuscule. And in a way, that's what manifestors are here for is to understand their impact and who better to help them understand their impact than a being who can really like magnify and take a look at the entire environment from a bird's eye view. Yeah. I think an example of that for us is just like, I don't know, like we would like go hang out with your parents <laughs> and we do that. Yes. Yeah, we do. We there do. Are two projectors, by the way. Yeah. His parents are both projectors. I was raised by two projectors. <laughs> One is emotional split definition, emotional projector. And the other is a self projected projector. So for a lot of my life, I actually believed on some level that if I just waited for some invitation, life would work out. Yeah. They're both also fourth lines, right? 
they're both four sixes. They're they have like an eight and one composite. It's kind of like gross how compatible they are with each other. <laughs> they're very sweet. They're very sweet. But what I was gonna say was, um, you know, sometimes like this is just one example. Like we'll like all be out. The four of us will be out at a restaurant, and there's you know, something happens and you'll say something and this is all really vague. But um, in the moment, it's like you don't see what the impact is of what you've just said or Never. what you've not said or something you've done or like you abruptly leave the table or something like that. Like, and so... There's nothing I do that is not abrupt. <laughs> yeah, Really, um, like the the speed of movement from like I don't know, like one room to the other, or like the couch to like outside, like suddenly he's gone. Like it's jarring. It's, I know I'm jarring. Yeah, but but I love it. I I just laugh. I think it's great. I disappear um, <laughs> like a good fifth line does. I think I disappeared today. Sometimes at the pet store. You did. did okay, we'll to. we'll go into that. So you guys, we were at a pet store today, and I had to go to the bathroom. And I saw her walk in the direction of the bathroom. I sl- went slightly in the direction of the bathrooms. And guess what? Both of the bathrooms were out of service. And I turned around to, to tell him and he was gone. Like nowhere to be found. Absolutely gone. I was on a mission. He was on a mission to find a cat toy. It's it was it was really fast. Like I don't even know. It's it's like anyway. this line manifester on a mission can and will disappear. <laughs> And he does very often. It's a great, great thing that I'm very comfortable being alone and don't mind looking like a fool calling out for you in the store. More often than not, I inform my significant other of where I'm going. <laughs> anyway, so we're at a restaurant with your parents. Something happens. I think, you know, as they're, since they're both projectors, they might be a little bit more. I think, you know, projectors and generators... Um, you know, it's just a different experience. I think that things, you know, can be, they aren't always, but they can be taken more personally because life is more personal for a projector. It is, is personal more personal for a generator as well. Um, you, you know, it's just, it's just how, it's just how we are. Um, so anyway, sometimes like I'll be able to see that that's happening. And then later on I'll be like, Hey, you know, I could explain that if you want me to. And then I kind of explain, you know, this, this happened and this happened. And, you know, maybe it was a little bit offensive, but you had no idea. And then, you know, you can go from there. It's helpful to see how um, more or less a neutral party breaks something down. Because, again, I am blind to the impact I'm having. I'm pretty, like, oblivious to what's happening in, in reaction to something that I have on set or set forth in motion. I don't know. <laughs> and I think, you know, being emotional too, there's often, you know, this, the, what is the saying? Like no clarity in the now it's, it's that, that adds an extra layer to that, I think as well, you know, being emotional and, you know, yeah, correct very me often if I'm wrong. No, no, it's, it's true. Like I realize how I am doing or what has been affecting me long after the fact and other people around me will be like yo bro uh you you hungry you should get food you seem angry you want to have you had lunch have you had breakfast and i'll be like oh shoot maybe i should 
eat food instead of uh, being completely agitated and irritable and making everyone else around me miserable. <sighs> it's simple, but it's also something that isn't easy. I think a lot of a lot of the concepts are simple, but living it out, embodying it, like integrating the this information into your daily life. I mean, you've been at this for seven years and it's still not necessarily easy to do, even though the information is simple in theory. <laughs> I am on my seventh year. In June, I will have completed my seventh solar cycle. You're going to have all new cells. <laughs> yeah, brand new cells. <laughs> it's just uh, kind of, kind of. I don't like counting the years because I'm like, I should be a lot more deconditioned than I already am. Yeah, you should be better. I'm just I, kidding. <laughs> should, 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 should. Should, should, How did that feel? Well, like, in, in a way, like, I'm more aware than I ever was. But at the same time, I, I see how much more room there is to learn. And that could be, like, my first line. Like, the insecurity that comes with being a first line, right? Like, Oh, we will never know enough. Oh, we must know more in order to feel more secure. Otherwise, this foundation will be rocked by the next small little earthquake. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, if you have a one, if you have a first line in your profile, you might relate to that in some way. Um, I am a two four, but I have fives and ones in my nodes. So I know I know a little bit about that. By the way, the the two four and the five one, there's like an inherent double harmony because the five and the two are harmonious, and then the one and the four are harmonious. Yeah, it's a little hard to explain, but if you look at a hexagram, like an I Ching hexagram, there's one, two, three, and four, five, six lines, and so the one and the four are harmonious. The um, the two and the five and the three and the six. So yeah, fun, have, fun fact. It is fun. I think, <laughs> I think harmony is fun. It's better than being like, you know, at odds with one another. Yeah. 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 Um, even though my own profile lines are at odds with each other, the two and the four, um, you know, there can be some tension there. Uh, but when we're together, that that harmony is there, and it, it it's it's really nice. It's really nice. I have a lot of five ones in my life. Um, my my sister is also a five one, and and she's like my best friend. How many times am I going to mention that my sister is my best friend in, on this podcast? Multiple. Hi, Melanie. Hey, Melanie. What's up, Melanie? <laughs> we love you. Um, I'm going to have Melanie on the. I'm going to I'm going to try to convince my sister to to be on the podcast because I've already, I've only had three episodes and this is the second out of three episodes, like two out of three episodes. Melanie has been mentioned. Well, that would be cool. Cause I've noticed that the people who tend to live their design, like most correctly and like almost effortlessly are the people who are like completely kind of removed from the world. Like I have a couple of friends who really like don't need any more like deconditioning and they're like totally living correctly but they're not you know they're not at IHDS they're not studying you know what variables are they don't have any idea about lines or gates and they don't need to yeah well no nobody needs to 
go to IHDS or study about lines and gates or no one needs to be doing well, what do you what mean what, I'm curious what you mean by removed from the world the like, human design world yeah like okay they're, they're not spending their like valuable time and energy and resources trying to understand themselves or what they are or know their impact through the language of mechanics right and yeah yeah Melanie from the little that I know like responds and truly lives correctly as a generator yeah my sister's a 5-1 generator fyi i'm pretty sure i mentioned that in the last episode when i talked about her too she is in touch with her sacral oh yeah yeah and she's had um my sister has had a reading both from me and from a generator um who during that that reading with the generator i think she specifically they just talked about responding um so that's pretty cool um but yeah anyway uh yeah love five ones love everyone (laughs) love myself i don't know just love love all around (laughs) there's no one you don't love i love everyone like in an impersonal way right why don't you tell (laughs) us about all the people you don't love right now I I think that I actually do love everyone. There's no one that I hate. Mm-hmm. Like I want I want everyone's like highest and best good to come to them. And I think that if that happens to come through like total destruction and chaos, <laughs> what am I saying? I don't know. Sometimes we wish destruction and chaos <laughs> onto the ones we love most because no. it is through destruction and chaos that sometimes people awaken you guys their own potential. we both have gate 36 we both have gate six <laughs> another another fun fact is that heretics body is my design right like so, so let let's let's break that down because like what my body I actually said that incorrectly, I think. So my personality is your design. So basically, your design date is my birthday. Correct. (laughs) Which is kind of wild when we first discovered that. It just felt like another synchronicity about our meeting, which maybe we can get into in another episode. Like our personal story. Yeah, well, it's interesting that like... You know what is unconscious in your body graph versus what is conscious like it's often said that if you if you talk to someone about their like unconscious channels or unconscious gates they'll be like what what are you talking about that's me no no and people are more likely to recognize what's conscious in their design yeah and and it's not like your design if you're if you're new to human design design is anything in the red um your design date is actually two years before my actual birthday so a lot of the like outer planets and you know there's a there's a lot of differences but the sun and the earth are the same so like i have six and 36 in my so my conscious son is gate six and his unconscious son is gate six and my conscious earth is gate 36 and his unconscious earth is gate 36 so it's pretty interesting so we have two 
gate sixes and two gate 36s under <laughs> one roof. That is double the conflict and double the crisis. <laughs> double the fun. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting because I think that I see we see each other like reflected in each other, right? Like I'm the reflector, but I see that conflict and crisis. I see him like doing that kind of unconsciously. And I'm like, Oh, I do that too. So I can kind of see myself in you. And I think maybe you can, you can, you know, tell me otherwise, (laughs) but you might be able to see you in me when I'm doing it. Sure. Sure. And I also see like, you know, being a reflector on the Cross of Eden, it, uh, I, I think that is the most manifestory, like, cross for a reflector to be on. <laughs> because, you know, uh, the reflector is, like, trying to, like, bridge the gap and reach for the other end and really, like, connect that manifesting channel, whether yeah. it's 12 to 22 or 36 to 35. And it, in very many ways, is, like living with another manifester yeah yeah it's been really interesting um talking about that too i feel like uh, you know um this is something that i've talked uh, about with other reflectors that maybe i'll be able to have on the podcast eventually but um this rage that i felt like a lot throughout life i think could be attributed to the fact that you know whenever the moon or whenever any other transit Uh, planet is transiting gate 22 or gate 35 like i have this direct connection from my solar plexus to my throat um which you know feels like manifestory right i don't even know that amount of rage because for me my emotional definition is filtered always through my defined ego and Mm -hmm. then going to my throat so in a way I don't know what it's like to have a 22, 12, or a 35, 36, because that is pure emotional energy going straight to the throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I suppose whenever, because you have gate 36, whenever you have, you know, a transit gate 35, mm-hmm. you know, activation, um, there's a chance to experience that. A chance for us all, <laughs> uh, depending on the transits. So, yeah, I don't want to get too bogged down in transit talk, but basically we get each other a lot. Uh, we understand each other a lot. And that is something that is really, I think, just unique about our relationship, but also maybe not that unique because <laughs> I've talked to many many reflectors now who are in a relationship with a manifester or manifestors who are in a relationship with a reflector so i just think it's really interesting um you know i think i put out a story on instagram and a couple of people were like what i was in a relationship with a manifester and it was terrible so it can be yeah i mean hey it can be terrible to be in a relationship with a reflector too it can be terrible to be in a relationship with anyone because we're all human um and yeah and and i think you know a reflector gone wrong or a manifestor gone wrong like anyone gone wrong like any kind of like abusive situation is obviously never okay um but there is this like sort of ease that comes for the most part i think with manifestor reflector relationships that's just really cool it's we're just observing it um in our own relationship and in so doing we've like 
noticed how many other manifestor reflector relationships there are it's a lot i don't think it's talked about enough like the like natural affinity that reflectors and manifestors have for one another it's very similar to projectors and generators because projectors are here to guide the generators and they're on the ascendant and they're essentially the future of humanity and in some way like reflectors and manifestors represent the past right they represent what once was they represent the transits they represent life itself they are conditioned by what is happening in the universe much more than what is happening with the other individual in the room whereas generators and projectors are very much personal yeah there's nothing more personal than a projector and there's nothing more impersonal than a reflector (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's true it's true um i don't know how deeply i want to dive into that but if you have anything else to say about that i'm curious i'm curious how you know if you could if you could sum it up <laughs> i'm curious how you experience me as a reflector by the way, I just want to point out how Amanda phrases questions by beginning with, I'm curious about, or <laughs> I'm wondering if, or something I would like to know, because that is music to a manifestor's ears. Like, <laughs> there, it, it's such a small difference between the way something is phrased when it's correct and the way something is phrased when it's completely incorrect and coming at the closed and repelling aura. And uh, I think. I think that in simpler terms, it's really like, it's, I, there's something that I want. I want some information from him, but ultimately I have no expectations. And I think that there's a way of framing language that I don't even really think about anymore um, because I've been... I've been communicating this way for some time. Actually, now I accidentally communicate like to everyone as their manifester. I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a bad thing. But because ultimately I think that, you know, if we keep our expectations in check, you know, that that's that creates healthier relationships. I actually also do that. Like when I'm at work, I will say I'm curious about or like I will treat other people with the same level of respect as I would if they had a closed and repelling aura. Mm-hmm. And it does that's not a bad thing necessarily. No, it's not a bad thing, but I think I think of projector friends that I have and I'm more intentional about like inviting like using like would you like to do this thing with me specifically come to my party (laughs) we love your attendance and we will recognize you if you attend yeah well maybe um not all but (laughs) you know i think i'm just more mindful of language um especially you know being in a relationship with a manifester who who understands design and then also communicating with you know all people in a way that respects um their design and being intentional about that the thing so is, though, that, like it's not disrespectful to ask a question but if it's phrased yeah. correctly there's no resistance right so like i think that 
you could kind of feel the energy behind it. If I were asking you a question, if I, if I were to ask you a question, like, and you could feel that like I wanted or expected something from you versus like, I'm just trying to like get some information, but like, never been like, when are you coming home from work? (laughs) No. I love being alone, so I'm probably never... But I think I have asked you that before, because I'm like... I'm curious at what time you may arrive. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, I'm like, I want to, like, make dinner or eat dinner or, like, make a a plan because I'm hungry or something, I might ask. Um, But... You want to make dinner? (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, I am curious about though. That is yeah. one of the best ways to phrase a question. Um, I am wondering, or even just sharing information, like, "Hey, this is happening with me. I'm just sharing this," and mm-hmm. then it leaves me at liberty to initiate. Yeah, I think if you go back and listen to this episode again, <laughs> if you feel inclined to do that, you will hear me. Um, if I you don't... feel inclined, is another great one. <laughs> oh, my God, look at me go. I really don't even notice it. But um, if you should so feel inclined, you could possibly go back (laughs) to the beginning of this episode and listen again and just listen to the way that I'm phrasing things. Um, Sometimes there are questions there, but this is an interview. And so, you know, I've been given, you know, like the go ahead, I guess, to to ask questions. You know, it's, it's just kind of assumed in this case, but I think it still feels better to him. Um, to just be given information. Like, yeah, I think people would like to know about or um, I'm curious or I want to know or, you know, these kinds of things. Um, This isn't like to put rules on things. It's just, it's ultimately for everyone's benefit. Um, A first line manifester though loves information. And if we have enough of it, we'll pounce on the information. Yeah. (laughs) on the information but with the information yeah um yeah so i think that uh all of that you know is that that could be a whole conversation unto itself i think um so yeah if you guys have questions about that um you can find the voice note link (laughs) in the in the podcast description and that link will take you to a place where you can send in like a question um, that could be featured on the podcast. So if you have a question for me or for Heretic about uh, manifestors, you could leave it there and hey, you can practice um, <laughs> you could practice phrasing it in a way that might feel better, a little better to a manifester. Um, it would be helpful if Nobody asked or told us anything, <laughs> but we don't live in that world. <laughs> yeah, we live in we live in like reality with other humans. So, um, yeah. Well, would you say that um, like there's something on your part? Because I can kind of hear people being like, "Well, but manifestors, like." live in this world so maybe they could just like also give us a little grace yeah curious what you think about that um i i, I know what you're talking about because i get that response <laughs> when i um try to inform people about how to properly communicate with me but 
it's not even about us giving you the grace. It's it's a pure mechanical reaction that happens if we are asked or told and it's such a small difference and you know if you have a proper grasp on the english language you can do it and sometimes i understand it's it's not like the first instinct but phrasing something by just changing a couple of words will make the difference between like us being on your side and rooting for you and opening doors and creating all sorts of things with you and for you versus like being resistant towards you and like having this slow drip of resentment like piling up day by day by day and not even realizing that like we don't want to be around you because of a couple of words that could have been different damn <laughs> was that angry was that sound angry <laughs> i mean no it just sounds like you've had some experience with this i just think that you know people like dismiss vocabulary but it's 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 powerful yeah. language is very powerful it is and hey even if you don't have a firm grasp on the english language you can still do this it's for everyone international friends welcome here <laughs> you can share information anyone can share information you can be like i feel like this it would be helpful if it might be nice if it makes me feel this way when you do this it has this impact when you don't inform this way you are wreaking havoc upon your environment by doing this <laughs> i have noticed these people at work don't like you <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give a very simple example and then i think we're gonna wrap this episode up um but basically like i'm pretty sure this happens like all the time because i'm uh thirst determination cold thirst and i am like thirsty all the time and i always want more water <laughs> so sometimes heretic will be in the kitchen and i'm like in the living room kitchens is my transference by the way uh, yeah so anyway um <laughs> two profiles in harmony inherently create color transference anyway. and i like the kitchen anyway anyway <laughs> can't always be on the balcony i am thirsty a lot so sometimes like i need more water right so sometimes when he's in the kitchen and i'm not i am like i want water <laughs> which sounds like according to like most most of our social conditioning that sounds rude right it sounds it sounds inconsiderate it sounds like demanding or whatever like what have you but if i just say i want water loud enough so that he can hear it but also have no expectation that he's going to get that water for me like usually the water finds its way to me through me and here's the thing we can feel whether or not there's an expectation you know if it's mm -hmm. i am thirsty i want water without any expectation like from the bottom of whatever goodness exists in this cold, like closed and repelling aura, <laughs> we will try to help more often than not. But if there's an expectation, like, yeah, I can control this closed aura, bring me water now, motherfucker. <sighs> it, 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 we can feel the expectation. That's all. You know, it's it's kind of ironic though, because then if I'm kind of like I have no expectation, then. It, in a way, like, 
it 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 is a little bit manipulative. Oh, because I know way, like how to do it. <laughs> you, you know, there's there's this you know like it's 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 a cliche almost in the human design community like you can't control a closed and repelling aura they're uncontrollable they're like you know wild stallions how are you going to control a closed and repelling aura you know how you can control us it's literally by informing and it's actually manipulative because you can control us by giving us freedom and it's counterintuitive because like freedom and control are like opposite ends of the spectrum but if you give us the freedom to act there is an inherent like ability to control that comes with it and i'm, I'm giving you the keys to control an uncontrollable aura hmm. but it's the freedom that is the key so does that make sense that makes sense it makes sense to me, but I'm living it. So you guys let us know if that makes sense to you or if it doesn't, if we need to go deeper into that, if you even want to hear more about this or if you've had enough. <laughs> you can control a dictator. It's possible. That is something uh, world leaders might might want to be privy to. So there you have it, folks. Uh, we will end with that. How to control a manifester 101. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I did not realize that was what we were. No. Uh, anyway, you are welcome, as always, to leave a voice note um, to do so. You can go to the podcast notes and you will find a link that will take you to the place to do that. Um and thanks so much, Heretic, for being with me today and being the first guest on the podcast. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Amanda May. <laughs> thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in this episode of Reflector Life, the podcast. Please feel free to leave a review, share with a friend or send in a voice message to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, my name is Amanda Purcell. You can find me at amandapurcell.com or at Reflector Life on Instagram. See you next time. Much love.